Support for this program is provided by Chevron. This is Politico Energy. I'm Annie Snyder. In early November, many St. Louis residents got an email with a concerning update, especially as winter approaches and heating prices surge. The president of Spire, a St. Louis-based gas company, basically said that the pipeline many residents depend on was now in jeopardy. And he added that there were essentially no guarantees that the pipeline could operate past December 13th, given the, the June court ruling. And without the pipeline in place, residents may be asked to conserve energy. That's jarring news for anyone to receive. A surprising number of St. Louis residents were so upset that they managed to navigate the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission's opaque docket process and file public comments. This one says, I can't afford to fix my thermostat and convert my house heater into an electric one. So the gas well heater is the only thing keeping this disabled person from freezing to death this winter. Today, my colleague Catherine Morehouse explains how we got into this situation and the questions Ferg faces. It's Thursday, November 18th. Kat, the Spire Pipeline has been a huge source of drama. Can you just give us a refresher on what it is and what all this back and forth has been about? Yeah, absolutely. So in 2018, FERC gave this pipeline a certificate of operation. And environmental groups, specifically the Environmental Defense Fund, quickly challenged this certificate. They brought it to the U.S. Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit. And their argument was that Spire in its application said that this pipeline wasn't needed to serve new demand in the region. And evidence of that was that there were no gas providers that jumped in and asked to contract to let their gas flow through this pipeline. So basically what Spire did was it ended up contracting with its own affiliate And so for EDF, that was evidence of self-dealing. Ultimately, the court agreed that FERC did not look at this case carefully enough and that if there's not demand for this pipeline and the only way that there is demand for this pipeline is if the company enters into a contract with itself, that's something that the commission should look at a little bit more closely. And so what the D.C. Circuit did was it vacated the certificate and sent the certificate back to FERC to reassess. Okay. And can you just give us the top line of where is this pipeline located? Where is it digging gas to and from? How big is it? Who does it serve? Sure. Yeah. It's a 65-mile pipeline, and it serves the St. Louis, Missouri region. Okay. So this pipeline is in operation now, at least for a few more weeks. Is that right? Yeah, the pipeline is in operation right now, and it successfully appealed to FERC for an emergency certificate of operation. So that's a temporary certificate that FERC gave this company to allow the pipeline to operate at least through December 13th. And now the argument is how much longer should this pipeline operate, and will FERC extend the emergency certificate for longer? Because, of course, winter is coming up in Missouri. (laughs) Yeah. So the timing is interesting. As you say, winter is bearing down. What is Spire telling customers? Spire sends an email to customers last week and you know, cited this case uh, that, that happened in June and said, we want to keep you informed and prepared for potential disruptions and outages this winter if this pipeline is not kept in service, referred to EDF as, as a New York-based environmental group that challenged the approval process and 
said that there are no guarantees that this pipeline will operate beyond December 13th, which obviously can imagine if, if your gas company sent you an email like that, you, you might be pretty concerned. Yeah. And so the argument initially was that this pipeline wasn't needed, that this was a case of self-dealing, but it sounds like circumstances have since changed and customers do rely on gas from this pipeline. What has changed in the time since this case was initially brought? Yeah. So since Spire started operating this pipeline and, and the region started receiving gas from this pipeline, the pipelines that the St. Louis region used to rely on for for gas service before Spire was put in place have since been contracted elsewhere. You know, other companies are using that capacity. Other regions are using that capacity. And so what Spire says and what actually the Environmental Defense Fund has since agreed with is that this is really needed for winter reliability. Shutting it down could really hurt heating in the region. Spire also argues that since then, there actually is a need for demand in the region now with population growth and everything. Okay, so FERC is meeting today to decide what happens next. How worried should customers really be? No legal expert that I have spoken to thinks it is in any way plausible that FERC would shut down an operating pipeline that is needed for reliability, particularly following the events of last winter in Texas and and across the Midwest. One of FERC's biggest responsibilities is to ensure the reliability of the power grid and of gas services. Got it. But what about the long-term legal status of the pipeline? Do we expect to get any indication from FERC about that today? Yeah, so that's the big question. It's unclear if FERC will address the long-term status of this pipeline today. What's actually on the docket is the request for rehearing on the specific emergency certificate. So FERC very well could just extend the certificate or might just be on the docket because they actually rejected certain clarifying requests. But what it does bring up is just that FERC needs to do something about this pipeline in the short term and in the long term. In the short term, folks have come to a consensus that the temporary certificate should be extended. The longer term implications are, you know, what does FERC do with this permanent certificate? Because the court was very clear that they were not thorough enough in how they assessed the need for this pipeline the first time around. So some folks think there could be restrictions on how the company profits. Others think that FERC could take a more measured approach and do something along the lines of limiting the pipeline's capacity, you know, making sure that who the pipeline is delivering power to, delivering heat to, is really needs it and and kind of continuing to keep tabs on its operations just to make sure it's basically not over-operating. Now, this meeting today is going to be the first FERC meeting since Willie Phillips was confirmed by the Senate to be new commissioner, and it'll be the first meeting since Democrats took back the majority on the commission. What role do you expect Phillips to play in this decision, and do you think that we're going to get any indication at this meeting of how this sort of new Democratic majority is going to approach contentious pipeline issues? Yeah, I don't think we're going to hear much, if anything, from Phillips in this next meeting, just because he does still need to be sworn in by the commission, and you've seen in the past commissioners kind of take a slower approach to getting fully in the debate and and really delving into those arguments. Of course, he'll need to get up to speed on so many dockets and so many critical issues. However, the long-term implications for this pipeline, he he might make a real difference there. Currently, the commission is deadlocked 2-2, and with Phillips, it'll be a 3-2 Democratic majority. There's a good chance that he and commissioners Clements and Glick might come to a solution that restricts the pipeline in some of the ways that that I described. 
Also, on Wednesday, President Joe Biden asked the Federal Trade Commission to investigate the role oil and gas companies are playing in rising gasoline prices. Biden said pump prices are rising even as industry costs are declining and raised the possibility of, quote, potentially illegal conduct. Gasoline prices have hit Americans hard recently. According to the American Automobile Association, regular unleaded gas has jumped more than 60% from a year ago to an average of $3.41 a gallon. But some analysts say Biden's latest move is more about political signaling than economic substance. While the president has little control over pump prices, he's caught in the period of rising inflation and weak favorability ratings. Republicans have pinned the price increases on Biden's energy policies. And the American Petroleum Institute, an industry trade group, said in a statement Wednesday that the latest move is, quote, a distraction from the fundamental market shift that is taking place and the ill-advised government decisions that are exacerbating this challenging situation. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our newsletter at politico.com slash morningenergy. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Annie Snyder, and we'll see you tomorrow. Support for this program is provided by Chevron. Did you know that Chevron supports the ambitions of the Paris Agreement? In fact, they've even tied their executives' compensation to lowering the carbon emissions intensity of their operations. Because it's only human to help power a brighter future. Learn more at chevron.com slash lowercarbon.